Sam Pank face fuck me. What? Wow, I just hit Sam record as Pank. you said that. <laughs> Brilliant. I've been paying attention. Love it. <laughs> He's been popping up on my TikTok wow. a lot, Sam Pang. So it's kind of weird that you bring up he's the one that. Well, it's like, yeah, well, it's like I only watched Have You Been Paying Attention the other day and I was like, <laughs> You're working something it just, in here. It was just weird. It was like, eh. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say no. no. <laughs> I didn't expect to be talking about being attracted to Sam Pang. (laughs) Quite. Quite. Sam Skullfuck Pang. (laughs) (laughs) As he is known in the industry. Yes, as he is known. But also, Sam, if you ever listen to this recording, please, please, if you ever want to come on the show, we'd love to talk to you about how you've been paying attention. <laughs> I think he'd be quite Jeez. flattered that he's got a bit of a queer following in one person. He seems like the like a modest uh, in one. <laughs> I speak on behalf of my gay community <laughs> that we all find you very attractive, Stan Pang. Stan Pang. Did I say Stan? <laughs> Whoops. That's- I am your host for the next two hours, Alistair, and joining me is Rotten Tomatoes critic Pete Gray. Good morning. Good morning. Good evening. I feel like we've done this before. How are you? <laughs> Possibly. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for joining. Uh, do you want to just maybe tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, yeah, so as Alistair said, Rotten Tomatoes certified, which means um, my movie reviews actually kind of, maybe they mean something to people. Um, but yeah, I've been been writing for about a decade now um, for a website called the AU Review, um, just doing movie news and reviews and interviews and all those good things. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe there's something else about you that I want to talk about. Ooh, uh, yes. I believe you're also approved on another one called the Banana Meter. Yes, I am. Um, which was like a alternative to Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Um, and I th- yeah, I think it was kind of like the people that didn't get onto Rotten Tomatoes. It was kind of like a you know ah. a sort of middle finger to them. So I just reached out to them and got approved. But honestly, like Rotten Tomatoes, kind of is more the. The okay. place to be, right? The place to be, yeah. No bananas in your future. Moving right along, we also have Nick Lavaro. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what a way to follow. What a what a follow. <laughs> now you're also um, in Brisbane, I believe. I am also in Brisbane, yes, not too far from Pete, uh, which makes it handy on the podcast that we do together. So Pete and I are well acquainted. Uh, and Alistair, you and I are well acquainted as well. I guess I've been writing for you for Nova Stream Network for a few years now. So weird that it's a few years. I know, right? Because it's... it feels like a few decades. Um, <laughs> but sure. I, I, am, I am known to be that exhausting to people, so yeah. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? Is I actually met up with one of my other writers the other day. Mm. And they were like, I saw that Nick said he posted his 150th review or something. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I've been with you twice the time and I'm not near that number. 
Yeah, I know. Quality, yeah. quality not quantity. Anyway. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> part of my exhausting factor <laughs> is that I don't shut up even in the written word. So, <laughs> welcome on. I in. like how in the the quality and quantity thing, you basically just ripped Nick and was saying like, "You give me too much, and it's not." Cruised <laughs> right past it. So we're please, we're good. We're good. <laughs> please stop writing so much for the website, please. Uh, unlike Pete, I'm I'm not tomato certified or banana certified. Uh, I couldn't get into either one. So, uh, so <laughs> shout out or you know, hey. Rotten Tomatoes, pick up the phone, give me a call. We can talk. I do uh, both, so Nick doesn't have to. Oh, Pete, thank you so much. <laughs> it's so, so kind of you. I believe you'd even take a banana right now, Nick. Is that correct? I would that. Look, if I'm not past it. I'll say, I'm not going to say no to the banana. No one would. Speaking <laughs> of bananas, let's cruise into our first section uh, a little bit of a news roundup from pop culture for the last week. Uh, Nick, do you want to take us away? Yes. In movie news, the first image was released this week of Ryan Gosling as Ken in the real-life Barbie adaptation, hitting the big screen in 2023. Bleach blonde hair, his own Ken-branded undies, and washboard abs caught everyone's attention, calling it perfect casting for the role of Barbie's counterpart. Barbie is being directed by Oscar-nominated filmmaker Greta Gerwig, famous for Lady Bird and 2019's Little Women, with the scripts coming from Gerwig and Noah Bumbach. I really liked the photo. The now b- I understand I mean, why, you, why you said about bananas leading into that, because yeah, <laughs> Ken. I mean, like, the aesthetic is there. Like, Ryan Gosling as Ken, the f- photo we've already seen of Margot Robbie as Barbie, is like, the visual aesthetic is there. I think the most interesting part is Greta Gerwig and Noah Bumbach for me. It's the beach, the beached. Yeah, <laughs> it's the bleach blonde hair for me. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I mean... I mean, he suits it, though. He actually does. <laughs> I do love the I'm Ken-branded rid- undies, too. Yes. I'm, like, just ridiculously excited because, as as Nick said, like, Greta Goeg and Noah Bombach is not who you would think would be putting together a Barbie movie. Yeah. And even though, like, Margot Robbie is, like, that is pitch-perfect casting... Ryan Gosling, that photo, you're just like, okay, I, I completely get it now. But the fact that we just don't know anything about this movie, what era it's set in, like, we, we know that there's going to be multiple Barbies and multiple Kens, and mm. just the, the, whole, the whole, like, mystery behind it is, is fascinating to me. Do you know, is Simu Liu one of the Kens? I believe so, I believe, yeah. Yeah, I believe he will be, which I am like, pfft, I'm awful. Down, yeah. <laughs> totally down for that. Turning to gaming news now, and more footage and features were shown off for The Last of Us remake for the PlayStation 5. The Game of the Year award-winning game that follows the journey of Joel and Ellie in a zombie-ridden apocalyptic wasteland took the world by storm in 2013, with a sequel game releasing in 2020 and a HBO-produced television series hitting our screens later this year. The game will focus on features specific to the PlayStation 5, including 3D audio, haptics, and adaptive feedback on the PlayStation 5 controller. The Last of Us remake is due to hit shelves in September. All right. I don't want to say unnecessary. I don't want to say what a waste of time, but I'm going to say it. It's already been remastered for the PS4. Yeah. It doesn't need to be remastered again. 
I don't actually know anyone who's going to pay like Australian $120 for this. Yeah. It's definitely seems like too good a timing with the show coming out. You're kind of like capitalizing on the fact that people are excited for the HBO show. We may as well make another quick buck off a remake version of the game. So yeah, I'm not too excited for this one. Gonna pass. All I can really add to it is that Nick said a whole bunch of words about a game. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, the oh, Rotten he, Tomatoes he, he, take. Yeah. <laughs> he pro- he pronounced it HBO. It was like, ooh, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> the Australian HBO. <laughs> And in the world of music, Drake surprise dropped his seventh studio album, Honestly, Nevermind, on Friday night after announcing via Instagram that he'd be wor- that he had been working on a new album and planned to release it the day after posting. Fans were eager to hear Champagne Puppy's new tracks. According to reviews, Sticky is the song to listen out for. Critics have praised the album for feeling like his most cohesive work yet, but feels like he didn't actually rap enough on the dance track heavy album. No one listened Honestly, to it. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Just like, why did you pick this story? It's what? literally the only You're like it was either to that two gays. We don't care what his music is. It was either that. The only thing I care. Yeah, the only thing. The only thing uh-huh. I care about is the fact that we can call him Champagne Puppy. <laughs> it was this all logic, and I just took a gamble on Drake. Okay, I'm no, I'm don't know much about music. So I'm the movie look, guy. You, you're fine. Yeah. The fact that Beyonce yeah. released a new song yeah. and you oh. didn't mention it is like borderline homophobic. Just are we? <laughs> oh, are we going to have a saying? Are we going to have a, because, a segment each because, week yeah. about the straight guy not not being able to bring any decent news? Well, look, you're, <laughs> you're an ally, so you're fine. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, but. Nick Nick is an honorary gay. We've made that clear. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, Drake, I'm sorry. Like, I, I like a few of his songs, but I have no interest in this album because honestly... Never mind. We want to talk about. Hey, and that's why he's Rotten Tomato <laughs> <Yeah>. certified. <laughs> and finally, in TV, popular Prime video series The Boys has been review bombed once again by unruly fans. During the show's second season, the show was hit with one star ratings because Amazon decided to release episodes weekly instead of the industry standard full season drop. Now, with the very critically acclaimed third season, the haters are upset at. Wait for it. The fact that there's more male nudity than female nudity in the show. Those who've seen the first episode of season three knows the boys are completely unashamed when it comes to flaunting it all in their show. But it seems like the insecure rude boys of the internet don't want to see any more man butt on their screens. What? Yeah. It's it's getting one star reviews for the fact that there is just more butts and balls than boobs. Like... This is so ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Just like looking back at everything, you know... And Pete can relate. We've had to see so many more boobs than I ever want to see right. on film yeah, and it's about in TV. Time. This is just a cultural shift. Get over it. Get over it. And the it. funny thing is, like, the, the nudity that was involved in those first episodes of The Boys was, like, related to also to gory, disgusting violence. Right. So it's it's kind of like... Really, you can't you can't handle a few seconds of pain for just glorious violence, which is what the show is 
known for and push like it pushes but, the envelope like just let it let it do it in all the ways that we expect it because honestly i think it's so stupid that people have the mentality of like review bombing something over literal seconds of yep. genitalia like Christ, it's, it's stupid it's it makes my mind hurt especially when this season is I think it is the strongest season. Oh, I agree. I think this has been the best season of the boys yet. And as, I mean, I guess we can say it. No, 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 stop, stop. I'm only on season (laughs) two. So if you're going to spoil anything, you need to stop right now. No spoilers. Because I'm only halfway through season two. Because I am a binger. I'm not a weekly person. No spoilers. But for those who are watching it week to week, the episode that's coming out this Friday you are not ready for. You are not nope. ready for this episode. It is the nope. wildest thing ever put on television. Wow. It is why our ratings were designed. It's e- exactly <laughs> why the R18 rating exists. That is a big claim. <laughs> and with that in mind, thanks so much for the news, Nick. Maybe Thank a little you. less Drake next week. L- hey, l- more Beyonce, less Drake. Note taken. Now, Pete, a movie came out last week that we have all seen. Indeed. It is an animated film from Pixar called Lightyear. Tell us about it. So when when Lightyear was first announced, like I, I feel like it definitely caused a bit of confusion as to how it aligned itself with the Toy Story films. You know, we, we weren't sure if it was a spin-off. We weren't sure if it was based on a real-life astronaut. Like, how did this fit in? And as it, as it opens, it very much tells us, in 1995... A little boy named Andy got a toy inspired by his favourite movie. Lightyear is that movie. So we are essentially watching the movie that the little boy in Toy Story watched and became a fan of. So I guess in some ways this is live action in the world of Toy Story. Um, and it's it's really just, you know, it's a very simple... Uh, it's a very simple story. Just We have Buzz Lightyear, now voiced by Chris Evans marooned on a on a planet and it's him trying to get back to earth and all of the i guess you know shenanigans that go along with that meeting new characters meeting new you know sidekicks and uh, personally like i think there wasn't really a lot of emotional stakes in this film um but it's as i said it's just a it's just simple it's a very easy easy pixar film but i think after so many Pixar films went straight to Disney Plus. It's a little bit of a slap in the face that this is the first thing that goes theatrical when movies like Turning Red and Luca and Soul were all sort of pushed to streaming because they're obviously a lot more original than what we're served with is just essentially a space action movie. Mm. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I think probably there were parts where when the movie started, I was like, okay, cool. Where's the 1995 stuff in the movie? Yes. Mm. Yeah. And it, to me, it didn't feel like there was any 1995 stuff there at all. No, it, it very Correct much felt like a wrong? film that was made in 2022. Like, it, yeah, it didn't really have any 90s references. Yeah. Not even just like not 90s references. I feel like the feeling of the movie had a 90s sci-fi action. Like it was a lower stakes sort of story it didn't feel like it had to be any sort of world ending cataclysmic event it just felt like to me like a really self-contained low stakes story and i grew up as like literally the youngest person ever to be in this show i just wanted to see if anyone would react I to me calling them old with this 
Wow. <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of... <laughs> I, I can't respond to that. Wow. We're just going to let the young... We're going to let the young one have that because God knows you guys need it. So... <laughs> um, but I mean, I had I had fun with this movie. I thought, you know, Socks the Cat is undoubtedly... Oh, yeah. One of the one of the greatest characters that have that has been um, created, and Taika Waititi <laughs> is having so much fun as a voice actor, and I think Chris Evans does a really good job as Buzz Lightyear. Like I didn't mm. miss Tim Allen. I think it's a lot for you know. There's now this been big thing around the fact that he's been it's been castrated because he got rid of Tim Allen, and it's like oh get over it. Um, yeah, but to be fair, but it's just an it's just it's just a very simple movie. I think. He he did say some not nice things about our community, which made me support that Tim decision Allen. more. Tim oh, Allen said absolutely. some things. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but as... it's just it's 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 more of a case of like the I, I it's more that him not being in it is not a bad thing. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. There was yeah, there was there was comments about oh you've castrated Buzz Lightyear because you got rid of Tim Allen. It's like no, no I think that's okay. Like, it's okay. But that's a very big call to say that we've ruined a character because we've changed the actor. Like, it's not that deep. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, there's a lot of discourse, or not a lot of chatter, around the fact that this film has a same-sex kiss. Yeah. Do we think that this has been completely blown out of proportion? Because the obvious answer, and the only answer, is yes. Because yes. it's just, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so... It's such a, like, I don't want to say a nothing moment because to take away the, the impact of how special it is to, to have a same-sex kiss, but it literally, it's literal seconds, and it's, mm. it's, it's, it doesn't change the narrative in any way. Like, the fact that this movie is getting banned because of, because of, like, a, a peck on the lips between two female characters, it, it's, it's, you know, it's mind-boggling, and it's, the, it's that same mentality of people review-bombing a show over male nudity, like... Mm. Get out of your get out of your heads, people. I think yeah. it's probably even braver of Disney to not cut the scene, so it does get release in yeah. What was it? Those thirteen countries that refused. Yeah, like to thirteen or fourteen it. or something. Yeah, like it's so it it would have been so easy to just edit it. Yeah, but I think that says more about you know them as a company that they're not doing that. Or that they're willing to start, like, taking steps in the right direction for these sorts of moments. Because I know they, they, I mean, on the other side of the coin, they had a bit of controversy when they did cut uh, a line about same-sex marriage from Doctor Strange um, in certain countries as well. So it's nice to see that they've sort of put the foot on the ground a bit more and, and in a cinematic mainstream sense, normalised what should be normal anyway. So yeah, hopefully we see these countries accepted a bit more. And it didn't feel like it was grandstanding or doing it no. you know, just to make a point. It no. was just naturally part of that mm. character and their Yeah, I agree that this... Yeah, this definitely wasn't like a like a queer baiting moment at all. Yeah. It, was, no. it was... Like, I think the fact that it didn't affect... Like, it didn't really register with me is because it was just natural to that character and it was such a little moment, you know, that it, it never felt like... Oh, we're putting this in to to purely prove that we're like you know allies with with the community. Now we're going to do a, a section called movie map every week. Uh, so even if we're talking about something else, 
uh, we'll always have this section in here. This will be your guide to what's happening at the movies last week and what is coming this week. Uh, so with me to talk us through what's happened, I have Nick and Pete. Welcome back. Hello, hello. Hi, hi. Thanks for sticking around. <laughs> yeah, always. Uh, so let's have a look at the box office for Australia over the last weekend. Now, I would say that I was shocked, actually. Mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick stayed right. in the number one spot, Isn't... earning $4.8 million over the weekend. Oh it's my God. It's taken a total of $39 million in Australia in its four-week run and is <sighs> up there for top performer of the year. That's incredible. I mean, deservedly so. Yeah, I don't see any film beating it this year in terms of box office. Well, speaking of films that beat it, I was very surprised <laughs> that Jurassic World Dominion is still in second place. Yeah. Uh, look, it, it came pretty close, $4 million, uh, and it's had a total of $15 million in just two weeks of release. Wow. Are we shocked uh, that it's at number two because it should have dropped? Is that why we're shocked? I thought it would have dropped more, to be totally honest. Yeah. I mean, like, if you look at the cinema score, like, when they rate audiences' reactions, audiences really like Jurassic World Dominion. Definitely not critically favoured, and I know around the three of us didn't really love this movie, but school holidays are coming up. I feel like kids and teenagers are, are all going to watch the big dumb dinosaur movie, not knocking anyone who does enjoy it. But I think it's got some legs in the people who just want to watch, sit back, relax, and watch a, a big dumb action movie, really. Well, look, I had the great misfortune of seeing this movie again. Um, oh, with, I'm sorry. This time with a general audience because my partner demanded that I go and mm. see it with him. And so I'm like, right, cinema has to have alcohol and we're taking friends. <laughs> um, so tick, tick. And there were a lot of kids in the cinema yep. all of them were restless quite a oh. few probably shouldn't have been in there because they were crying and screaming and were getting quite I mean, scared which made the it's movie a dark more movie. entertaining for me yeah i i don't understand this whole mentality of like oh it's a dinosaur movie i'll take kids no it's rated m for a reason and yeah. it's dinosaurs and it's People also are going about to get locusts eaten. i mean that it's was to enough to send me. Anymore, honestly, that's probably really. my biggest gripe about the film. We've got is that we've it's got a born locusts. I- we've got a born identity sequence in the middle of it with dinosaurs instead of assassins. Like, come on! <laughs> <laughs> the locust lovers everywhere were heading to cinemas to finally get their moment. <laughs> finally, our movie. Finally, there is a very million small niche, dollars. but there is there is there is a group called the Locust Lovers. Yes, they do exist. Uh, speaking of things that exist, Lightyear debuted at number three. Yeah, rough. Only taking in 2.4 million, and that wasn't even over the weekend because it got a sneaky bump of 30 grand with its previews. Oh, God. I mean... Do we think if this was a live-action movie starring Chris Evans that it would have been more successful? Maybe. Yeah. That's a good point. I know I would. I know I would watch that. I know a lot of people who would watch that. Yes. <laughs> it's a, and I feel like it's gonna just do even worse because the counter programming now for kids this week is Minions, and that was a billion dollar movie the first one. So I don't see Lightyear having any more legs after this week. 
Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, crazy. That's uh, hanging in there. Took in 202,000. Okay. Now, that's only on 26 million in its seven week run. It hits Disney Plus tomorrow, so I think yeah. we'll probably see it out of the top five. Yeah, probably. Next week. And well, yeah, coming... once it goes to Disney Plus and then physically release in July, it's definitely done. Well, look, it could surprise us because rounding out the top five, everything, everywhere, all at once oh, is available how? to buy and rent, and it still took in $101,000. How good. I love that that movie is just is just a little one that could like i think I that and and maverick have absolutely brought back the power of the theatrical release yeah and like how w- good word of mouth can be because like everywhere everything everywhere all at once is not your typical run out to the cinema blockbuster event it's a a24 independent film it's now their highest grossing film for A24 and it's still in the top five even after it was released here in what, April? Like, yeah. that's incredible. So good. And it and it, and it it kept, like, it actually added screens and added yeah. times as it went on. Like, that's completely unheard of. Amazing. And look, speaking of A24, their new film Men entered the chart at number 13. Oof. Yeah. yeah. With only a 40k haul. Mm. Uh, and there was also another movie that uh, got re-released at the cinemas over the weekend. Oh. Uh, Warner Brothers, for some reason, decided to uh, pop The Shining back oh. on, on screen. Oh, wow. And it took in a total cool. of $696. How good. Just to push it over I the edge. I think that was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew about that. I would have gone and watched that in the cinema. Make it just over 700. Probably not in Brisbane. <laughs> no, that's... Yeah, yeah, we don't get those screenings. And also, do I pay for movie tickets anymore? <laughs> you can edit that <laughs> That's such a dick thing to say. <laughs> when we come back from the break, we will be talking streaming. You're on Joy 94.9, Pop Culture Essentials. <laughs> Oh god Far out. I was like that's such a Melbourne thing to say Ah <laughs> 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 uh, good times <clears throat> You good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright <laughs> Yeah Alright silence Silence <clears throat> Joy 94.9 You are listening to Pop Culture Essentials we are talking streaming. Now, look, Netflix had a interesting top 10 this week. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk movies. So Adam Sandler's new film, Hustle, went straight to number one. I mean, I've watched half of it and I feel like fair. I really enjoyed that first half. So, and everyone's talking about feel it. Like, yeah, I also feel like Adam Sandler just has some kind of pull with Netflix because even his really yeah. bad ones seem to do well too. So... I don't think it's entirely indicative of the quality of the film, even though I've heard it's amazing. But I think Adam Sandler just seems to be successful. On the Shandwick. Well, <laughs> uh, Chris Hemsworth, Spiderhead, uh, debuted at number two. Yeah. I mean, let's point out the elephant in the room on that. This is also directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who directed Top Gun Maverick, the number one movie in the world right now. So, 
the it was a very distinct difference in quality for Spiderhead because, as you said, it's directed by Joseph Kaczynski, Miles Teller, who is in, also in Top Gun, and Chris yep. Hemsworth, who is you know one of the biggest movie stars in the world, and it kind of just seemed to get like just dumped on Netflix without much of a <laughs> like. I, I heard people had to actually like search for it. Like it sh- this should be in your face when you turn on Netflix. yeah and apparently yeah it for just sure wasn't should have been so... red notice netflix just yeah. like, like pushing like... it out onto the stage with a stick like here you go here's yeah. spiderhead if, so... if, if you can do it for interceptor you can do it for spiderhead oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh elsewhere jennifer lopez's halftime came in at number seven which is low for my mm. opinion that should have been higher absolutely because yeah. that's i'm just gonna say like Regardless of what you think of Jennifer Lopez, this is actually an incredible documentary. And I think it really is a good thing to see an actress be completely open about the fact that she was upset she didn't get nominated for an Oscar. Because guaranteed, more people are and just don't say it. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And the whole thing with Shakira has been blown out of proportion because she's never actually said she didn't want to perform with her. She just said the idea of them together is bad because they should both be able to have like a 20 minute set, whereas they're both getting it cut down. So I think her words are taken completely out of context. And I, I really implore a lot of people to watch this because it's, it really shows you her insane work ethic as well. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number nine, does anyone remember the switch with Jennifer Aniston and Jason Bateman? I do. I do remember that for rom-com. For some reason. People Just on back. Netflix in Australia are binging it. Wow. Um, weird. Uh, yeah. over, over on series, Stranger Things took out the top spot, no surprise, with its yeah. fourth week at number one. I haven't watched it yet. So... I, and I feel <sighs> like the internet is crucifying me because I haven't. Right. apparently, I think we're the only two that haven't. I three, Pete. Hey, three there we us. go. Three, huzzah! We're and they're giving the majority. us. <laughs> they're giving us a radio show, and we don't watch TV. Um, <laughs> but in the sense of like, are you the social media crucifying? You're right. Like every time I'm on Instagram or TikTok, and I scroll through, and I hear that Kate Bush song, I have to go straight through because I'm like, I don't want it spoiled for me. I yeah. will watch it. True, but it is everywhere. Just yeah, I yeah need a little bit more time. Uh, speaking of more time, Melissa McCarthy's God's Favourite Idiot uh, debuted at number eight, which is, I'm going to say, definitely a reflective of the quality of the show. Um, Yeah, I, I, uh, there was like, I like Melissa McCarthy, but she and her husband, Ben Falcone, they need to stop working together because (laughs) honestly, what they do together is not, it's not, yeah, it's not reflective of her comedic abilities like yeah. everything they've done together is 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 not great that's the nicest way for me to put it so yeah. i really want to see her back in you know like back bridesmaids spy like we need gritty melissa McCarthy. back with paul feig they work so well together. Yeah, yes definitely absolutely i'm gonna say it because i don't care ghostbusters was great with her just saying sorry to i fans. agree i love no it. i actually liked the that reboot with with her and Kristen Wiig and everybody. Um, I kind of enjoyed it a little bit more than Afterlife, but hey. Ditto. <laughs> no, one else will, no one else will hear that. 
Uh, over to Nielsen ratings. Now, these are a few weeks behind. So this is for the week ending May 16 to 22 because Nielsen are Nielsen. Uh, senior year starring Rebel Wilson had 767 million minutes in its oh. opening week and Jeez. debuted at number one. How long is the movie? Is it like 90 minutes? Is it two yeah, hours? It's 90 minutes. I loved that wow. movie. Wow. As a Jeez, yeah. child of the 90s, <laughs> I enjoyed its constant laughing at the world back then and today. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, we watch so many movies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get to see everything, so I haven't watched it. But I have heard good things. It is something that I will watch, yeah. Um, I'll admit my little my little gay self was like, oh, yes, I remember listening to Mandy Moore's Candy when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming to number two, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Yes. 194 million minutes in its opening week. Good. Yep. Great Absolutely. movie. Worth it. Yeah. 100%. I feel like it should be higher, hopefully, because I think the first week there was like a semi-support for it online, so hopefully that will rise over the next couple of weeks. For sure. I think that's a big word-of-mouth movie. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And look, Disney Plus took out number three, four, and five, uh, proving that Pixar really is a hit on their channel. Turning Red, number three, Luca, number wow. four, and Encanto, wow. number five. Wow. Encanto. Ugh. How good's that with, with Turning Red having the, the legs still in the streaming well, world? That's awesome. Luca as well. And yeah, I mean, Luca came out last like, year. So. Yeah. Insane. I really hope the takeaway from Lightyear's quote unquote underperformance is not just to keep sticking things on Disney Plus streaming. I have a feeling yes, that like three quarters of Pixar would quit if that was the decision. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because they, yeah. they weren't happy the, with the fact that Luca and Turning Red were both given streaming. Um, so. But yeah, I, I really, really hope that uh, that Lightyear sort of not doing as well, even though it did well. Um, it just came I out the wrong time, go. I think. Yeah. Too much yeah. competition. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I just yeah, I just don't want them to go. Well, streaming's the answer because streaming is not the answer, people. <laughs> now, look, we do have to go to another song. When we come back, we will be talking about what you can watch this week on Joy ninety four point nine. <coughs> no comment about Drake. All right, no worries. <laughs> we got a good flow right. going. I'm not going to ruin it with a silly joke about Drake. Come on, <laughs> oh. just wait. And that was Mandy Moore's candy. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you imagine? Oh. I get She'll to choose the songs. Love Don't always, me. Mandy. <laughs> oh, good times. Joy 94.9, pop culture essentials. We are talking what you can watch this week at the movies. Now, if you want to go to the cinema, you can check out Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, uh, which, in my opinion, should have been a four-part TV series. <laughs> yes. it's long. So make it's sure you go to the toilet. Long. Make sure you have alcohol because you're probably going to need it. Um, <laughs> and if that's not your thing, uh, maybe Minions, The Rise of Gru, Ooh, yeah. will... Uh, do it for you 
which has the quality of a TV show. Uh, I love that those are the only two options for people. It's like, do you want something really long like Elvis or do you want minions? Question mark? That's about it. Well, look, there is a third option. Uh, my Sweet Monster uh, yeah. is also coming in for the school holidays. Um, yeah. I got sent a screener for this and I haven't opened it, so, so I have no I, comment. I, I don't, and I'm just like, uh, Apologies. I don't think I have time for this. Or Everybody just go see Top Gun probably, Maverick again. Yeah, I was like, everyone go rewatch a bunch of men playing um, football in the beach. There we go. Top Gun Maverick. Uh, look, if you want to stay at home, Obi-Wan has its finale. Oh, I can't wait. And if that's not enough, another new episode of my favourite new show... Miss Marvel. Right. Ms. Marvel. Now, How this is, good is this show? Yeah, this is the episode that critics haven't seen yet. Um, so I'm hoping this will generate a lot of chatter online and boost up those little ratings that it needs. It's really good. It's like yeah. if you sit there and you go, hey, I love Spider-Man for its like really fun coming-of-age style, you've got that exact same quality in Miss Marvel. It is a fun coming of age superhero show it is really good and the lead actress is giving me Haley steinfeld vibes which i, am yeah. I love her iman Vellani. i love her totally yeah is. um it's a real shame that the, there's you know a lot of things are related to why people aren't liking this show which i won't yeah. get into but it's a it's it's a shame because miss marvel is probably one of the strongest um disney plus marvel series that we've had yeah story-wise stylistically like it's all fun the guys who directed bad boys for life directed this miss marvel so if you sit there and you're like me who like loves the bad boys trilogy you have no excuse to not enjoy at least stylistically miss yeah. marvel and they're also directing batgirl that comes out they are too yeah this year. so they've got a really good year hopefully exciting uh, also on Disney Plus, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness drops tomorrow. Give and it a you don't go. Have to pay extra. That's it's fun. Definitely a streaming movie. <laughs> um, the Umbrella Academy season three starts tonight on Netflix with oh, zero hype or advertising. So that's weird. Yeah, right? I thought yeah, that was coming that's... out like way later in the month. I'm the or, same. Or next I month. really thought that was yeah really a long way away. On its, on its no, way. it's no. here, and apparently no one knows about it. I've seen oh, no I'm reviews saying. for it as well. Yeah, so that's that's not time. great. Uh, Maya Rudolph. This is the one I'm looking for yeah. this week. Stars <laughs> in Loot on yes. Apple TV Plus. It's kind of been because good. It's to... also Joel Kim Booster is in this show as well, which I am so excited about because I am now a massive Joel Kim Booster fan, thanks to Fire Island. Uh, Chloe <laughs> starts on Prime Video, mm-hmm. and Kevin Hart Ooh, good, and Woody Harrelson in The Man from Toronto on Netflix. Yeah. I, I re- don't know anything about this. I remember this when... Was, you this go, was going to be like a cinema release and everything. Like, yeah. It, and, and it was initially... Um, Oh, someone got replaced in it. I remember that much. Um, yeah, no, it was it wasn't Woody oh, Harrelson initially. Statham. It was it Jason, Jason Statham. Statham. Oh, yeah, okay. I do. I remember and this as well being a yeah. cinematic release, and I remember like Kevin Hart attached. I remember Jason Statham attached. And I was like, okay, this could be interesting. And then Statham drops out, and it gets shafted to Netflix again with not really a lot of advertising. So, <laughs> yeah. Speaking and Netflix of- don't have the greatest run right now. No. 
No, they really don't. But they could be due for a comeback. Rowan Atkinson is releasing Man <laughs> vs. B. Now, the review embargo <laughs> dropped today, and it's actually looking pretty positive. It's it, There's a lot of positive hype about this movie, and uh, the fact that Netflix can be quite secretive with screeners and stuff, and the fact that there's I've seen a fair few reviewers talk about this makes me excited. Plus the return of Rowan Atkinson. Like, that excites yeah. me enough. As, as a kid who grew up with Mr. Bean and Black Adder mm. and has a has a soft spot for the Johnny English movies because I, I love the Johnny English movies. <laughs> um, I'm super excited for this. I think it'll be so so bombastically stupid, but I feel yep. like it'll completely <laughs> lean it'll lean into that so much. Yeah. And yeah. he just has a thing with his face that he does a look and it makes me laugh. So I'm all for it. I'm picturing it now and I'm just giggling like a little boy. It's great. Now, Nick, you have a little game for us. I do have a little game. Movie tag. Who wants to play movie tag? tag. How exciting. I do, I do. Well, glad you're here, Pete, because I'm ready to play (laughs) it too. Uh, Movie tag. (laughs) Wow, going well. Great. Super, super easy premise. I'm going to read the tagline that you would see on a movie poster and you have to guess what the movie is. And the theme with Elvis releasing this week are movie musicals. Oh, so I, just to clarify, yeah. do we have to give you the title of the movie? Title of the movie. I'm going to give you the tagline. You have to give me the title of the movie. I'll have two taglines per movie if you can't get it the oh, first boy. time. Okay. The first one. Is a movie musical, obviously, and the tagline is "Never forget, never forgive." Right? Oh no! Never mind. I'll give you ten seconds. <laughs> never forget, never forgive. Frozen two. No. Five seconds. Four. Moulin Rouge. Three. No. Two. Hello, Dolly. One. Singing in the rain. I'll give you one more. Beware, blank is coming. Shit. Blank is obviously what? someone's name. What? Legally In Blonde. The, no. This is going oh, fantastic. Wow. I, wow. I thought I Pete would be even... really good at this. I think you guys are going to be kicking yourselves. I'll give you five more seconds. Uh, Four. Three. Actor? In it? Two. Annette? Johnny Depp is the barber in Sweeney oh. Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Well, never forgive, never... That's not accurate. That's literally accurate. one of the songs in the movie. Oh, yeah, but terrible. that should be like... Great, uh, great. Next. Uh, well, you're going to bloody love this one then. Right. Sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> Next. You just had to lose Johnny Depp, didn't you? Oh. Yeah, I know. I just realised that, actually. <laughs> Very ignorant. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. Can't wait for that Amber Heard musical. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. I'm going in. I'm going in. Watch this shot now. Hey, shoot, man. Go. Hey, yeah. That's the full tagline of the No, but that isn't the actual tagline from this movie. Watch this shot now. Hey, shoot, man. Go. Hey, yeah. An American in Paris. No. That's a tagline. The most acclaimed motion picture of our time. This is a movie musical. Singing in the Rain. No. Give you five more seconds. Our time. So are you talking like recently? No. This was in 1961. Oh, jeez. Cabaret. I don't know. 
That's not 61 at all. I'll um, give you one more. I need, yep, go. <laughs> Unlike other classics, this movie, blank, grows younger. West Side Story. The f- yes! Yes! It's West Side Story! Yes! I can't believe you got to watch this shot. Hey, shoot, man, that's like... Isn't that the opening musical number when all the... The greases are walking through. No, okay. No. I was eating it's, my popcorn. It's just, it's weird. It's weird having that as a tagline <laughs> for a movie, though. Yeah. And that makes yeah. me think of like, some, and that makes me think of like, oh, maybe it's like about a movie being made or something. Like, I'm excited that we've cut our first a, game of the show. Um. <laughs> that, is, that, is a, that is a terrible, terrible tagline. I'm sorry. Mm. Awful. That's not good. So let's go one more. All right. Let's go one more. Yeah, we'll round it out. Let's go around. one more. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm sure it'll be great. You will believe. Oh, I know yeah. that. Um, do oh, you? <laughs> I do. Um, you will believe. Arguably the music event of the millennium. The musical event of the millennium. The most oh, joyful cats. event. It's cats. The greatest musical ever made, oh. you will believe. 2019's yep. James Corden vehicle, Cats. That was Why such did you an pick experience James Corden? Of, <laughs> of all the actors in that movie. I know. Because, Why? Because in the most forgettable movie ever, he was the most memorable part of that film. That is and true. not for the right reasons. That is true. Well, look, that was I don't know, new- I feel like... Ju- I feel like Judy Dench's bare hand and Rebel Wilson stripping off to a weird cockroach. That's pretty. <laughs> you will believe. Thanks that, for playing Movie Tag, guys. <laughs> that is Movie Tag on Pop Culture Essentials. You are listening to Pop Culture Essentials. I am here with Nick and Pete to talk about Baz Luhrmann's new film, Elvis. Yes. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Don't all. Don't all jump in at once, I, guys. I really feel no. like there's just I there's something about this film, and so I saw it about a week ago, mm. and initially I walked out, and the people I saw it with, and I was like, "What the hell was that?" Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, I haven't actually stopped thinking about it since. Right. What and What I was it about? I kind it that... of want to see it again. Okay. What is it about the movie? Do you think that has that rewatchability for you? Austin Butler's shaking hips. <sighs> I mean, fair. Arguably yeah. the best part of the film. Oh, um, 100% the best. Well, not just his shaking hips. His performance yeah. is the is the whole reason that this film is remotely watchable. Mm. Because he, yeah. like, he completely embodies Elvis. And I obviously Baz Luhrmann is a... He's a divisive filmmaker. Mm. Um, and I think if even if you don't respond to the film, the story he tells, the visual aesthetic, because he really does, like, throw it all in your face. Oh, yeah. Um, I think you can all agree that Austin Butler's performance is, is pretty, pretty sensational. And I honestly think this is sort of, like, will be... I feel like the Oscar campaign is going to, like, Oh, oh God, yeah. This if this enough. movie's not getting talked about early next year for nominations, then that's crazy because it is a fantastic. He's he's so immersed into the role of Elvis, both physically, emotionally. You can kind of tell on camera that he's actually 
very sort of deep in this character. He said in interviews and stuff, and he said at the premiere as well, that obviously during the pandemic, he had a year to sit with Elvis and sit with the characters. So you kind of go, that's a long time to be ingrained into someone else and someone obviously as prolific as Elvis himself. Like he, like it was like, it's like three years of his life that he essentially was working on this film. And, and it shows he he did say, yeah, he did say that, you know, he would just be walking around the gold coast. Like even when the film shut down and they didn't know if they were going to film, he stayed in Australia and just like stayed as Elvis because he was just so caught up in it. And you can tell, like it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely like the performance where you just go, Austin Butler became a superstar with, Mm. Elvis. yeah yeah definitely i think the soundtrack helped too yeah for like, sure i'm not the hugest elvis fan so like obviously i know the big hits yeah. um but some of the ones in the movie i was like shrug um oh, i'm all for the fact that they put toxic by britney spears linked uh, with viva las vegas that was yeah. all over it for me i was like yep <laughs> sign me up queer tick yeah Done. and like doja cat hound dog i was gonna loved say it Doja Cat's Hound Dog hits hard like that, and it's used very well in the movie too, not just on TikTok. And the and the version of Tutti Free, <laughs> like even though that's yeah, very, that's very similar to the original. I was like, that is a, that is a like, that is such a such a like I don't want to say a banger, but it is like it, the way that it's, but, the way that it's presented in the film is like it's so intoxicating in that moment. And this movie is loud. Like, if you're in the yeah. cinema, this is a loud movie. And it's very, very sort of reminiscent of, of Baz's style of filmmaking. It's kinetic. Like Pete said, it's in your face. But the soundtrack, it's incredible. But unfortunately for me, the soundtrack and Austin were the only two things I really liked about this film. I thought... Austin's incredible, but... What? Uh, Austin's incredible, but... and or B-U-T? The man, but. And... But for me... wish. It's two hours and 40 minutes long and it felt it. There was, it was so all over the place with its editing. And I think it really struggles. And this sounds weird because it's about a man who is arguably to some people, the greatest rock and roll legend of all time. I didn't care about Elvis in this movie. There was no, there was no time to breathe, to actually get invested into Elvis because it's just almost like a fast paced montage of vignettes of his life. Like I didn't really actually feel like I had time to emotionally connect with Elvis and I just didn't care what was happening to him on screen. I think it really lent in when it lent into the race stuff. I really liked it and I wish they'd gone more into that. And whenever Tom Hanks came on the screen, I was like, why are you here? I was going to say that. Like, I think the fact that they focused so much on Elvis's relationship with, um, Tom Parker, who's played by Tom Hanks, like that was yeah. that was essentially what the whole movie. Well, the was movie's about. told through his point of view, right? The yeah, Tom so Parker's it, so it, point of view, yeah. Such a mistake. So it didn't, so it didn't sort of show like his movie career, and it didn't show how he eventually gained weight and became depressed. Like it showed, it didn't yeah. show so many things that we, we were just we there, sort of think. Yeah, it just sort and of happens. As you said, yeah. like he he had such a he had such a strong relationship with black music and black culture that that would have been Mm. so interesting because you know a white guy in that time being embraced by black culture Mm. is huge like that just doesn't happen unless unless you're drake of course (laughs) (laughs) but i think i think that's like uh, i will 
be open and say it. Like, I don't really like Baz Luhrmann's movies. Like, I've never really connected with any of his films. And I think that's the big reason for me. I think visually, he's such an engaging director. And I, I will not deny the fact that when I watch his movies, I'm like, oh, wow, this looks incredible. But he always sacrifices substance for style, in my opinion. I think if they'd maybe made it a, like, HBO Max series and it yeah. was in three parts, I think I would have digested it better. Yeah. Um, it's a bit exhausting, isn't and, it? <laughs> and removed Tom <laughs> the Hanks. Um, yeah. The Saturday morning cartoon villain, like... Yeah, it was just yeah. a bit... And his accent was really off. Yeah. yeah it, it, was, just it was kind of inexplicable. Like, there was no yeah. actual, like... We're like, what country are you meant to be yeah. from? Because right now, <laughs> yeah. I'm not hearing any... Apparently, it was... Ho- apparently, he was, like, from Holland or something i did right. not get that i did not get no. that i got i got the count i got from i got tom hanks being the count <laughs> yeah i i agree elvis one, how many rockets are you making two, two hits for elvis three three hits for elvis yeah all right so let's round off this elvis chat yes was there any like if if someone wants to ask you in 60 seconds <laughs> tell me about this movie what would you say nick to me it is the most baz Luhrmann movie that's ever baz Luhrmann. he uses kinetic frantic editing lush visual uh, lush visuals and a crazy loud soundtrack to bombastically exhaust you before even caring about the life of elvis like it's he seems so passionate about the project but i just don't know where it went so wrong in the scripting stage but it is a career-making performance for Austin Butler. I think definitely think it's worth seeing just for him alone. It's going to be talked about Oscar season. You're kind of going to want to see the performance of the year. Pete, what about you? Well, because Nick took all of my ad- adjective about birth <laughs> now, I will say. Um, no, I agree. Like, it's definitely... If you've seen a Baz Luhrmann movie, then you kind of know what to expect. Um, it's, it's not going to be subtle in any way. <laughs> Um, visually it's spectacular the soundtrack is great Austin Butler is phenomenal Um, Mm. but don't don't expect a traditional biopic and the first 30 to 40 minutes you're probably going to be like oh calm down with the editing and everything but um, as as Nick said like it's you have to see this for Austin Butler's performance alone really excellent that is Elvis from Warner Brothers Pictures now we have our second game. Wait, wait. Hopefully How it goes exciting. better than the first. And oh. the questions are easier. Let's let's not cough, get ahead of ourselves, cough. Alistair. Cough, cough. Nick, explain what you are wanting me and Pete to do. Rotten Potatoes is a game that is based on Rotten Tomatoes, which are obviously Pete has a lot of experience with. But the idea is I want you guys to guess. You have a 3% margin of error on each side to guess the Rotten Tomato scores both critic and audience for a certain movie. Now, keeping within the theme of the uh, show tonight, we're going Baz Luhrmann films for this one here. So, our first game, uh, sorry, our first movie that I want you to guess the audience and the critics' Rotten Tomato score is Moulin Rouge. Alistair, what do you think the critics' percentage on Rotten Tomatoes is for Moulin Rouge? 74. Okay, and Pete? Um, 77. Oh, 
My God, you were both within 3% at 76. So there's a point each on that one there. What about the audience score for Moulin Rouge? Oh, I'm going to go 87. And Pete? Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 91. And you were both, again, within 3% at 89. That is a perfect start. There's two points each to kick off the game. How exciting. In your face, tagline game. Yes. (laughs) Movie tag sucks. Person who thought of it. Who came up with that? (laughs) Idiot. Movie number two, Romeo and Juliet. Alistair, what do you believe the critics' Rotten Tomatoes score is for Romeo and Juliet? I want to say 86. And Pete? Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 75. Pete, you are correct. Oh, oh really? 2% off at 73%. Oh, wow. So Pete, three, Alistair, two. But chance for you to win another point, Alistair. What is the audience score for 90, Romeo and Juliet? 91. And Pete? Um, oh, God. Um, 88. Uh, not a lot of love for Romeo and Juliet at 77% for that one there. So, Pete 3, Alistair 2, as we go into the last movie for the game, the much divisive, there's a hint, wink, wink, The Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. Oh, Alistair, God. what is the critic's score for The Great Gatsby? Great Gatsby. No, Two hours and 22 minutes long drama. I'm, I'm just reading the line from uh, Tomatoes. 46%. And Pete? Yeah, because um, I, I know I know that this one wasn't as beloved. So I'm going to I'm gonna go straight down the middle. I'm going to say 50 just to be Ooh. safe. Ooh. You're both <laughs> within 3%, 2% Ooh. off either way. 48% for The oh, Great Gatsby. Yeah. Yeah. Alistair? Yeah. If you, if you get the exact number, I'm going to give you two points. Oh, all right. Hit me with it. What do you think it is, Alistair? The audience score for The Great Gatsby. 68. Pete? Um, uh, I was it is currently... Same. So I'm going to say... Oh, I can't say the other it's number. It's currently five to four. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 67. Pete? Yeah. Alistair? Don't do this. Pete? Can I change my answer? (laughs) (laughs) Alistair, you were 1% off. What? 68% was 1% off. Because Pete got it right. 67% on the dot. Unfair advantage. Because he knew it. Because he knew it it from the get go. This game is can't. We're out. Can't. Pete, you have won 70. No, wait, no, that's... <laughs> you've won seven. I've won seven. <laughs> wow. You've won 70. Seven Unfair points to five. Advantage. Congratulations, Pete, for winning the game what that you uh, were born to make. Um, love and affection, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Do you I want that? Sure. <laughs> I guess. Uh, no, you get to pick anyone, really. That was... Or, any, or anybody. Now, we are nearly at the end of the show. Aw. It's gone so quick. So quickly. Time flies when you're having fun. 
Yes. And playing Rotten Potatoes. And playing Rotten Potatoes <laughs> and not that stupid tag game. Movie tag! <laughs> uh, it's like, it goes quick when you're not directed by Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> <laughs> he is not a producer on this show. Uh, now, look, this is probably my favourite part of every show. Uh, obviously, coming from our name, we're going to talk about what's essential this week. In pop culture. Now, this can be anything. It can be a movie, TV show, game, comic book, podcast, book even. So, let's start off with Nick. What's essential for you this week? Essential for me is a TV show I've just discovered uh, called How To with John Wilson. Now, it's on binge streaming at the moment. And if you're a fan of documentary comedies like Nathan For You, I think this is perfect counter-programming to that 20 minute episodes and it's about an awkward comedian trying to navigate his way through life uh always starts out as just really stupid comedy and every episode manages to reel it in with some massive heartstring pulling and really just sees a side of humanity that you wouldn't expect to see in a dumb comedy uh so i would say i've laughed i've cried watching the show i think it's incredibly entertaining how to with john wilson on binge Thank you, Nick. Pete, what's essential for you this week? Look, I don't want to be stereotypical, but every Friday I do very much look forward to the end of the week bringing me the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 7. <laughs> um, and it has just been announced that we have the next season of the Australian season coming in on late July. Um, this season has been... I think undoubtedly the strongest season just because of the players that are on. Um, it's, it just makes me laugh and it's, it's just what I need at the end of a really long week. Uh, and for me, I'm going to pick a game just to throw things out of whack. Uh, a game came out last weekend called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh-huh. Shredder's Revenge. Uh, now, it is a new game, but it is done in the art style of the 90s arcade games. Nice. If you have Xbox Game Pass, it is included in Game Pass, so it is essentially free. Uh, and <laughs> it's just that kind of button-mashing dumbness that you can just have a good hour with and, you know, reflect on those characters when they were actually good and not trying to be cg human type weirdos in the cinema so <laughs> that is teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge uh on xbox game pass i actually didn't mind those teenage mutant ninja turtle movies that came out a couple of say, years ago i really, I really liked I the them. megan fox ones i thought they were good there was a really good <laughs> seth green one uh, that was 3D animated that came out before those. Oh, yeah. In like oh, 2008 or something. Yeah. yeah. Is that like Chris Evans was the voice and like yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar was yeah. the I stuff? don't yeah. know. That was good too. What they did there and why that didn't continue because that yeah. was great. Um, but yeah, I didn't enjoy <laughs> that iteration, especially the second one. I don't even remember what it was called. Uh, out of the shadows. shadows. Out of the shadows. <laughs> you can trust us to remember that. <laughs> of course. Now, we were just talking about what is essential to us this week. We've had a couple of responses in. Uh, Wayne from Brisbane is watching Below Deck Sailing Yacht Season 3. Oh. 
on Binge. Wayne, I'm there with you. I watched the finale <laughs> last night. I laughed. I cried. I'm absolutely devastated that we no longer get to see Marcos with his shirt off. But uh, somehow we will get through it. Get through it together. Talk about below deck. Ugh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, thank God we're at the end. <laughs> this is that nearing 10 o'clock p.m. radio, eh? <laughs> yep. This is after dark. Pop culture after dark. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll see myself out. Thanks very much. Nick. Hey. Pete. Yeah. That is the end of the show. Oh, what a fun time, though. What an episode. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride and what a ride it was. It was indeed. Bumpy Can't wait to but smooth. Yeah, <laughs> bumpy but smooth. Bumpy but smooth. Pop culture essentials, just like a rotten potato. Ah, uh, movie tag. What very, actually, very true. It is a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, mm, they bumpy do get but those smooth. White bumps on them. Anyway, they do. That's yeah, a, that's a weird thing. To Hear more about that now. Potato <laughs> things radio show <laughs> coming up right after this. <laughs> this now, is look. the juicy stuff you get after dark you, talk about <laughs> you like potato chat <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in to pop culture essentials on